When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into wide open. Touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Jets Saints postgame report as the Jets fall to the New Orleans Saints at MetLife Stadium 30 to 9. And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets from NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, a lot to get into with this game. And we're going to get into all of it. But first, Andy, I have to say, if we're looking for positives, first thing that jumped out to me today is that while it was cold, it was nowhere near as cold as it normally is December 12th at MetLife Stadium. So at least we got a halfway decent weather day for this one. A little windy, chilly, but nothing like we've seen in the past. I've been at snowstorms at this point in the season before. So if we're looking for positives, we can start there, I guess. Yeah, and also you if you went to the game, you got to see a flyover. Mm, a, yes. a little bit of a remnant from yesterday's Army-Navy game at MetLife. So that was cool, too. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I thought that was really cool. I didn't even know they were going to do that. So that got the game started off in a positive way. Unfortunately, it unraveled from there. I want to start with the way the defense performed. Andy, we've been talking about this for a while. We didn't expect the Jets' defense to be good this year because especially after Carl Lawson went out, you took a look on paper and you said, this is not a very good unit. A lot of rookies, a lot of inexperienced guys. So you weren't sitting here saying that this is going to be a top 10 defense or anything like that. But man, they have been really, really bad. And going into this game, we said that all the Saints were really capable of was Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara making plays with their legs. And if the Jets could find a way to stop that, then the Saints wouldn't be able to do much. Just keep Taysom Hill in the pocket, keep everybody in the box, do everything you can to stop the run, and there's a good chance that you're going to be able to keep New Orleans from hurting you. You knew it. I knew it. Pretty much every Jets fan out there knew it. Members of the media knew it. 
Anybody who's watched the Saints for five seconds this year knew it. I'm sure the hot dog vendors at MetLife Stadium knew it. And yet, the Jets just couldn't stop the Saints from doing what everyone knew they were going to do. Not even a little bit. Taysom Hill was efficient throwing the football, 15 of 21, 175 yards. All little dink and dunk passes because, as we've said many times, that's all he can do. He's basically a right-handed Tim Tebow. But on the ground, Alvin Kamara, 27 carries, 120 yards, a touchdown in his return from injury. Taysom Hill, 11 carries, 73 yards, two touchdowns running the ball. This was everything that we said the Jets couldn't let happen, and yet it's exactly what happened. I don't know how else we can put it anymore, Andy. They can't stop the short passing game. They can't stop the run. And honestly, I don't know what they can stop because they can't stop deep passes either. It's just that Taysom Hill is incapable of doing anything in that category. But this defense gets sadder and sadder to watch every single week. I don't even know what to say at this point. It's it's predictable. It's If you look at the talent they have in the field, it's obviously a, a reason for what's happening. But also, it, it just can't be this bad it's i know they're rebuilding i know they're injury ravaged but it can't you can't walk away from a game and not have almost really anything positive to feel about it and especially this fan base which has been suffering now through the longest playoff drought in franchise history the jets lost today mathematically eliminated them from the playoffs and so that's 11 straight years tying this stretch of 11 straight years from 1970 to 1980. I mean, you just can't do this to your fans. Uh, it's not good enough. It's impossible to watch. And it's hard to find something positive on the defensive end to take out of this game. I think they did an okay job of kind of containing Kamara for a lot of the game. You could have seen him really get loose on them but and and a lot of it came on the on that 41 yard run late by hill that made it look a little bit worse than it was but still they couldn't get a stop when they needed to um and then we're going to get into the offensive side of the ball at all they give they give you nothing over there either and and what do you if you're a fan and you and you've sat out you, you spent your afternoon devoting time to watch this game but you have to be wondering why did you do that after after a day like today and you know i know it's a little bit harsh considering the circumstance and where this team is at right now but you know they made choices in the offseason too that that contributed to them being in this position so there has to be some accountability for it and it, it just cannot continue to be this bad this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
Andy, let's talk about the offense, and of course, we'll start with Zach Wilson. Let's stipulate to the fact that Wilson was playing without his two best receivers, Elijah Moore, who's out for at least three weeks, and Corey Davis, who's out for the season. He was playing without his two best running backs, Tevin Coleman, who missed this game in concussion protocol, and Michael Carter, who may or may not be back next week against the Dolphins. We can also stipulate to the fact that there were quite a few drops, courtesy of Ty Johnson and several other players, but most prominently Johnson, who dropped three easy passes. So let's get that right out of the way. However, Zach Wilson, very ineffective today. And as we were talking about before we started recording, the biggest problem so far has been his inability to hit very easy throws consistently. Today, another example of him turfing screen passes, easy throws that even beginner level college quarterbacks should be able to make, he's having trouble with still. The good news here is that the stuff that he can do well can't be taught. The bad news is that the stuff that he's not doing well is the kind of thing that could wash a quarterback out of the league if he doesn't clean it up. And what I was telling you when we were talking before is that I think with Jets fans, it's tough to have patience this time. Even though if you're being rational, you have to sit here and say, Wilson is 22, he's a rookie, struggles are going to happen, he's got a rookie coaching staff, his best players are out, all of that. But after what happened with Sam Darnold, he gets traded out of town. After all the hype, after all the hope, all of that, now you bring in the next guy, you draft him number two overall, he's supposed to be this next great hope. And then he's performing like this. You were hoping for progress throughout the season. Maybe he struggles greatly early, but as time wears on, he gets to a point where he's consistently good and the arrow is definitely pointing up heading into next season. Now there's still four games left, so who knows what happens there. And Wilson has had good games. He played well last week against Philadelphia. He played very well against Tennessee. He played pretty well against Carolina, especially in the second half. So it hasn't been all bad. But for this to keep happening, for those easy throws to keep being missed, for this roller coaster ride like this to be so bumpy to the point where now Jets fans are scratching their heads wondering if this is just some sort of franchise curse, it's tough for any Jets fan to have patience, even when rationally they should do their best to have patience because of the situation. It's very difficult after Sanchez and Gino and Darnold and now Zach Wilson to just sit here and say, Relax, it's only been X number of games. But that, unfortunately, is the only thing that you can tell yourself at this point to comfort your emotions because of the fact that it's just been one kick in the groin over and over and over again. And Jets fans are tired of it and want it to stop. I mean, I feel bad for Jets fans at this point, And I understand the frustration. I mean, it's got to be maddening. Again, I'm almost at a loss for words, but... It's, it's too early, obviously, to make a definitive judgment off of Zach Wilson. And with this, we don't deal in absolutes in covering for professional sports or watching professional sports, uh, especially at this stage in a quarterback's career. And yet with Zach Wilson, there is, an, there is one absolute. There is one thing that I'm sure of is that if he keeps missing these easy throws, he's never going to be the quarterback that he's capable of being. And... And that's, to me, what's alarming at this point. Uh, it's It's been an issue all season long. It doesn't seem to be getting better. In fact, it seems to be getting worse. And that, it, 
at this point, that's what matters in the final four games. He has to get that fixed and make these throws that he's very obviously capable of making because if he doesn't, all the arm talent and, and the ability to do these things that other quarterbacks can't do, it, it doesn't matter because it's always going to be undermined by these mistakes. Now, I'm, I'm not saying the book is written on him. I'm not saying that he's going to keep making these mistakes. He's clearly shown that he can make the throws, but he's not making them right now. He's not making them consistently enough. And it's part of the reason that his completion percentage was well under 50% today. And if it doesn't get fixed, no matter what he does, no matter how many games they win in the final four games of the season or, or what kind of numbers he puts up, if he's still missing the bunnies, it's going to be a big deal heading into this offseason. And it's going to be a reason that we're going to be questioning, are, are we going through this all over again with with a quarter with the Jets quarterback. So I, I feel for Jets fans because they've seen some flashes of, of brilliance from Wilson, but but not nearly enough of them. Um and and now you're throwing in this this kind of thing where he's missing these easy throws that that is going to be a problem if he doesn't get it fixed. And you you talk about all the other issues on the roster with the lack of talent and the 10 year, 11 year playoff drought and the injuries and then the defense starting strong and now turning into the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And now your quarterback is doing this. Uh, it's not fun. It's not a fun situation. So, and, and it's understandable that, that Jets fans are frustrated and, and wondering what what is happening here? So, I, I get the frustration. I would say, don't totally freak out yet because it can this can be fixed. If if he's going to have one issue that can be fixed, this seems like it's definitely fixable. But again, if he doesn't figure it out, it's hard to be the kind of quarterback that the Jets need him to be after picking him number two overall. So it, it's, it's not a fun situation for Jets fans. Um, and it, I'm not going to tell Jets fans to be patient because it's been 10 years of <laughs> 11 years of frustration. And then, you know, obviously more than that, but it, it's just a, it's a tough situation right now. And I, and I feel for Jets fans and it is what it is. Also not a help to Wilson is the fact that these receivers could not get any separation today. Certainly contributed yes. to his 19 of 42 for 202 yard final stat line. And by the way, if you wanted to know the state of the Jets offense right now with all the injuries, today's leading rusher was Zach Wilson. Four carries, 33 yards. Leading receiver Braxton Berrios, six catches, 52 yards. When your leading rusher is Zach Wilson and your leading receiver is Braxton Berrios, not going to be a lot of good results for you. I also want to talk about another very frustrating situation, and that's Denzel Mims. We've been talking all year about wanting to get Denzel Mims more opportunities because the Jets, especially early in the season, were having a lot of problems putting points on the board. Thankfully, Elijah Moore really stepped up over the last few weeks and started to create a situation where the Jets had a viable, top-notch offensive weapon they could go to. 
he's not going to be with the Jets for the next couple of weeks. And so you thought maybe now Denzel Mims, who hadn't gotten opportunities for a variety of different reasons early in the season, would finally get his chance. Would he be able to step up and show the coaching staff that he was the guy that gave us so much hope last year when he was making plays in the eight games that he played, as opposed to the guy this year that could barely get on the field. Unfortunately, he made everybody that really believed in him, especially Joe Douglas, who used the second-round pick on him in the draft last year. But, of course, a lot of the fans and pundits who were high on Denzel Mims made them all look silly today, couldn't get open at all, and got called for two terrible penalties, ended up getting pulled out of the game. Andy, I hate to say it, but this may be the end for Denzel Mims as a New York Jet. I just don't know how he comes back from this. He was already in the doghouse. This had to have really plummeted his stock, which was as low as it was probably ever going to be anyway. I'm not sure what happens from here if the Jets try to ship him off quietly for a late-round pick in the offseason or if they hang on to him as a depth piece just because it's not worth releasing him, or maybe they just decide he's not worth the trouble and they get rid of him. I've heard people say, well, what do you expect? Mims is frustrated. He's letting his frustration out. Okay, fine, but the thing is, even with all the frustration, Denzel Mims finally got his opportunity, and he was going to have more opportunities if he produced because the two top receivers are gone. So this was his time to shine, and he went in the complete other direction and made a fool of himself, and he made the hole for himself even deeper, in fact, possibly so deep that now he's not going to be able to crawl out of it. Very disappointing all the way around. It was really bad. I guess it kind of... For Jets fans who are wondering why Denzel Mims wasn't getting out on the field early in the season, I guess that two-play sequence kind of summed it up exactly. I mean, it was just, it was really, not only was it bad, it would have been bad at any stage of the game, but the Jets are down 10-3. to They're at the 24-yard line, and they have a chance to tie the game with 31 seconds left before halftime, and then that's that's when he does it. And now it's first and 25 from the 39. Now, incredibly, the Jets actually ended up getting points out of that because in the most twisted of all twisted things, their kicker was great today. So I guess that was the one positive on a very tough day to kick. And I think he made all three of those field goals into the win, or at least two of them. So go figure, right? Eddie Pinheiro, good, good for him. Jets finally got a kicker who who made some kicks. This is what happens when you sign a kicker with some NFL experience. It's more likely, but uh, that's an aside. I'm sorry. Um, getting back to Denzel Mims, I mean, it was just it was hard to watch, and I feel for Denzel Mims because he's had some real adversity this season, and and a, and a lot of it out of his control with the food poisoning and and the COVID. But there's no excuse for squandering opportunities in such colossal fashion. And I would say the only thing that Mims has going for him is that the Jets are so banged up that he's going to get another opportunity. Robert Sala said it after the game. It's not like any of these guys are coming back. So he's going to be out there next week and he'll get a chance to figure it out. And Sala said he's a great kid and I have total confidence that he will get it figured out. But I don't see how you can have total confidence after the display we saw today. So that's a second round pick from last year who showed promise. Never the kind of promise we've seen from the, the Jets rookies this year, but he made some some big plays. We know his physical t- 
tools and it's just not happening for them. And there's still a time to, to kind of go into the off season with some positive vibes, but I don't know what we've seen from Denzel Mims over the first 13 games of this season that would give you confidence that it's going to be different over the final four. So we'll find out together, but certainly a discouraging situation and a discouraging day for for Denzel Mims and the Jets. As you pointed out, Andy, one of the bright spots in this game is that the Jets finally had a kicker that made some kicks. Eddie Pinheiro, three for three on his field goal. So that's nice to see. I still don't think he's going to wind up here as the long-term kicker. But it was a refreshing change to see somebody actually put the ball through the uprights at MetLife Stadium. Scary injury situation with Quinn Williams at one point. He came out of the game. What's the story with him? And is there anything else we need to know injury-wise? So, yeah, Quinn Williams had a shoulder injury, suffered on the first play of the second half when he made a tackle. Was down on the field in pain, went back straight back to the locker room, and then emerged with some sort of brace slash harness on his on his left shoulder and played the rest of the game. Robert Sala didn't address it after the game because uh, Williams finished the game and the Jets, I do not believe, had anybody injured who did not finish the game. The one injury slash kind of illness update is that Austin Walter, who was supposed to start this game, ended up having a non-COVID-related illness and was not able to play, uh, which hurt the Jets running back depth even more. We even saw LaMichael Pirine out there uh, didn't really do anything to improve his situation either. Another draft pick from last year who does not seem to be working out for the Jets. And then um, Ronnie Blair, another guy, it was a little strange. He was activated or elevated from the practice squad on Saturday inactive on Sunday, that was because he also was dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. I would expect an injury update on Quinn Williams on Monday, and it could be an issue going forward. He seemed to maybe be favoring it a little bit late in the game and in some pain, so we'll see what Robert Sala says about that on Monday. It's definitely something to watch going forward, but the fact that he was able to finish the game is encouraging because it looked, you know, very concerning when your best player goes straight off the field and into the, into the locker room. So the fact that he was able to get back out there, obviously, at least one thing to be a little bit encouraged about after this game. Andy, take us inside the locker room. What do we hear from Robert Sala and the players? Yeah, Robert Sala continues to be optimistic. He acknowledged that it wasn't good enough. He acknowledged with Zach Wilson it wasn't his cleanest game. Um, said he was hindered by some drops early he wasn't sure if he threw it fit that threw him off or not. Wilson said that the drops shouldn't have been a factor at all, that he just needs to do a better job of delivering balls on target and and playing better, throwing the ball more accurately. But but Sala, you know, he explained away the the short game issues from Wilson, saying that, you know, maybe that the weather had something to do with it, the slick ball, it's hard to throw the ball that way. Wilson again said that wasn't an issue. Um and just said he's not concerned about his accuracy long-term, that he thinks he'll, he'll get it dialed in as he becomes more comfortable. And, and perhaps Salah's right, but until he does that, it, it's going to be a concern. And no amount of positivity is going to fix that. Um, 
on, on Denzel Mims, Robert Sala said that I'll speak for him. And I'm sure he will echo it. He has to be better just from a responsibility standpoint with the penalties in the first half. It wasn't his cleanness and I'm and something I'm sure he'll get better at. And then Sala was asked if it was he was benched like kind of his discipline for those mistakes. And he and Sala said it wasn't disciplinary, um, which is interesting. I, I mean, maybe maybe they just wanted someone out there who wasn't going to make those mistakes. But going back to what Sala said, like I said before, and then quote, he'll get another opportunity next week. It's not like anyone is coming back. He's very capable. Obviously, he missed a couple of weeks and has to hit the ground running. He has to get himself going again with regards to the game plan and the urgency and the discipline. He had caught himself up before the COVID stuff. He'll come back. I have a lot of faith in him. He's a great young man. He has the right attitude. He'll be fine. So, again, a very optimistic take. We haven't seen anything there to kind of back that up. Um, but there are four games left in the season, so perhaps we'll have a different narrative as time goes on. Um, and then at the end of the press conference, Sala was asked, um, a, a couple things. He was asked, you know, why isn't this progress that he talks about showing up in the in the win loss column? Why haven't they been able to turn some of these closer games into wins as the season has gone on? And he, he just didn't want to get into that. Um, he said basically it's obvious, like there's a bunch of guys out there getting first time opportunities and they're making mistakes and, and he didn't want to get into it. And then he was asked what his message is to frustrated Jets fans. And he said the same thing I've been saying, does it suck right now? Sure. I feel you. Nobody in this locker room wants to lose football games. At the same time, I've said it before, the path is clear where we need to go. And and I'm going to kind of paraphrase there because it's, it's a long quote. He's talking about, you know, they're obviously they've got young players who are getting opportunities and they need to supplement it during the off season where they're weak in the roster. Um, and then he quoting Salah again, from there, we have to attack everything. He's speaking about the off season, quoting him again. It's going to flip. It's going to flip the crappy part. This is the crappy part of the process. At the same time, it's not discouraging in any sense of the imagination because there are a lot of young guys getting a lot of playing time. And I promise you they're all learning from this. Um, on end quote, and you can think what you want to think about that, and you can judge for yourself if what you saw today was encouraging. Uh, and then Zach Wilson was accountable, wouldn't let the other guys kind of take the blame for the drops and everything that happened, didn't make excuses about the accuracy issues being related to the weather or the wind or anything like that. Um and then when asked what's leading to the accuracy issues, he had this quote, which which I thought was interesting. But I don't think it's obvious or easy or everyone would play quarterback if it was easy. I think part of it is really just trusting what I see. Throwing has always been, I feel like, my strong suit my entire life. Throwing the ball has always been easy, so I just need to make it easy. I've got to trust what I'm seeing. Sometimes um, he brought up that specific throw to Ryan Griffin, Um and use that as an example. He says sometimes out there, like the one degree prop pops open and flashes. I've just got to get it to him easy, not overthink the throw or try to make it too difficult or whatever. Just throw the ball. So that end quote and, and 
we'll see if he can get that cleaned up. But yeah, that was basically it going forward. And Wilson was also asked about the mood in the locker room and how he stays positive. And he had a telling quote there. He said, um, I haven't been here that long. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he ha- that's how he stays positive. He, he hasn't been dealing with the losing for as long as ever, anybody else. I don't know if he meant for it to come out that way, but it was, it was telling and, and it was true. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the Jets and the Saints as the Jets go down at the hands of New Orleans. 30-9 to at MetLife Stadium. Really appreciate it, as always. I know that you've got a lot going on over at NorthJersey.com. Plenty of post-game coverage and a lot of content coming people's way this week. What do you got in store? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to be looking forward um, with the Jets eliminated from the playoffs. The one good thing is that they are going to have a lot of good draft picks. I'll get into that in detail on Monday morning at NorthJersey.com. Also, going to look at how they can fix this thing moving forward. Obviously, the defense is probably the top, not probably, the defense is definitely the top priority, and how the Jets can can do that in free agency in the draft. There is a way for them to do that. I, I don't think it's as unfixable it doesn't have to be a, a super long-term fix. I think they can get to being respectable pretty quickly, and I'll explain why. And we'll obviously continue to look at Zach Wilson and, and his situation moving forward. So all of that at NorthJersey.com in the coming days. Check out everything Andy's doing over at NorthJersey.com and follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. By the way, great deal over at NorthJersey.com. 99 cents for six months gets you everything they've got there not just the sports coverage but all the local news everything behind the paywall 15 cents a month is roughly what it works out to so check that out at northjersey.com and go ahead and check out everything that we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel over on the youtube channel luke grant has broken down zach wilson's performance from last week's game against the philadelphia eagles And you know he's going to have a breakdown of this one against the Saints as well. Plus, plenty of other videos. Watch them all. Subscribe if you haven't already. And go ahead and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.